0: Welcome to the double bonus podcast. My name is Noah. And I'm Josh. And we're to talk sports and stuff. If you are new, which I know everyone is, because this is the very first episode, subscribe to his channel for podcasts every Monday and Thursday. Um, also make sure if you don't like watching us on YouTube, you can check us out on Apple, give us a five-star rating there. Check us out on Spotify, I believe you can follow that there. Also, follow our Instagram at The Double Bonus Podcast and follow our Twitter at Bonus Double. But with that being said, we have a fun show. But considering this is the first episode, I think we should introduce ourselves. And I'll start by saying, and my name is Noah. Uh, I'm from Plymouth, Massachusetts. I'm 18. I just finished my freshman year at Cape Cod Community College. Uh, I'm a Celtics fan, I make videos on YouTube, you can subscribe to that channel, I'll put that in the description below. And uh, I'm studying communications. Awesome.
1: Well, my name is Josh, I'm from Tyler, Texas, which is about two hours, maybe an hour and a half away from Dallas, for reference. Um, I'm considerably older than Noah, Mm -hmm. and my degree is actually in communications as well, mass communications. what it's called at UT Tyler where I graduated from so um, pretty much the same thing as you know except I'm quite a bit older than you
0: yeah um, so we wanted to start this off by um, talking about a funny story from real life we could have chose anything from um, like high school elementary any anything college life in general and you said you had a really good one, so I do want to hear your funny story from Real Life First.
1: <laughs> okay, you
0: wanna hear mine first? Yeah, I do.
1: Okay. It, it's uh supposed to be sports related, right? Is that what we is that what we talked about or no? It
0: could be anything, really, but okay. it can't be sports related if you want it to be.
1: Mine is mine is somewhat basketball related. I'm gonna try to stay on the, the premise of basketball yeah. here. Um this is probably the most embarrassing thing that's ever happened to me. Um So we played in a basketball tournament when I was a junior or senior in high school in Austin, Texas, which is about four hours away from where I live. So we left school on a Monday afternoon and we stayed through, I think it was like Sunday. Um, So we stayed there for almost a week at this hotel. Um, It was just me, my teammates, uh, a couple of coaches, our athletic trainer you know just a kind of a it was a fun getaway um to say the least you know we got to play basketball in the process but anyways so like the first night we were at our hotel in Austin we me and my roommate uh his name's Ryan we went down to the pool at the hotel it, the pool was closed and we kind of snuck in i don't I, we didn't really sneak in we just kind of went in even though the pool was closed past 10 it was like probably 10:15 10:30 by the time we got down there well Long story short, I don't remember why I did this, but I was wearing basketball shorts in the pool. And yeah. I guess out of respect to the hotel, I took my shorts off to, like, wring them out so that I wasn't dripping water through the entire hotel back to our room. Well, I had a towel on. It was just me and him. Like, you know, it. Well, I, I didn't think it was a big deal. So I put my towel around my waist and I had a shirt on And when we were leaving the pool. And I put the shorts like over my shoulder after ringing them out. And I was like, okay, our room's not that far away. So we'll just, I'll just walk to my room like this. Like, no one's going to know a the difference. There's no one in the lobby. It's like 10, 45, 11 o'clock at this point. So we're walking through the lobby. And I guess one of the girls' teams that was playing had just arrived at the hotel. There was probably 15 to 20 girls, there, some of their parents, coaches, probably 30 to 40 people in this lobby at this point, just like waiting to get checked in, I guess. So we're walking by, and we get about halfway through this crowd of people, and Ryan takes off my like he grabs my towel, rips it off, and grabs the shorts off my shoulder before I have time to react, and runs off. And I'm st- standing pretty much butt-ass naked in front of about <laughs> fifteen uh, high school girls and their parents/slash coaches. That they had been traumatizing. That was it. Was the most traumatizing thing that I've ever experienced um not only that there's more to the story so like two mornings later um we're at the breakfast at the hotel and the coach for this other team and i don't i wish i could remember what school they were from but just so i could like just look them up see if that coach is still there or whatever but anyways the coach gives me a gift bag at breakfast and it has a pair of swimming trunks in it and he's like, here these might come in handy you know at some point in your life we just wanted you to have these (laughs) literally the team went and bought me a pair of swim trunks and gave it to me in front of everyone at breakfast so that's probably the most embarrassing thing that's ever happened to me
0: that that i would be traumatized like i don't think like i would be able to go back to a hotel like after that like that's just me though um i've never had anything like that happen to me before um you know, my friends are like pieces of shit. We all were pieces of shit to each other. <laughs> but, um, no, that's just how we all were, you know? Yeah. The, 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 your best friends are the ones that you bully each other relentlessly with. So, um, like, like, yeah, you, you know how, I believe, like, my best friends are the ones that, like, my parents, like, think, like, I hate because, like, we're just messing with each other so much to the point of, it's like, it, it gets pretty toxic. But, um, my, my funny story from real life, uh, isn't I don't want to say it's necessarily funny, but um you know it is In looking back funny. I was fifteen years old and you know I live in Plymouth so we New York is relatively close enough to the point where you two, you take a train, you don't fly. So we take a train in and the thing is we forgot the one rule about taking trains into new york city is you have to get on at the north station because that's where the first train gets there so you get the, the train's empty we got on in connecticut we drove all the way to connecticut to get on which i don't know why we did but we get on in so connecticut now, on. let me right.
1: catch so you drove to connecticut
0: to get on a on train, train. No, no no not connecticut to to rhode, island. rhode island my bad
1: okay okay
0: okay, okay. Which, is a, which is a lot closer I, I i don't know why i thought connecticut but we get there. We get on this train. It's loaded. It's packed. And there's one. There's two seats over the. My parents are sitting there. I'm sitting alone, uh, next to this Japanese man who doesn't speak a lick of English. And I sit down, and um, the entire time, so I'm listening at the time to a Bill Simmons podcast, which I wouldn't do now because I've just learned so many things about Bill Simmons that I don't like. <laughs> but um, so I'm favorite. sitting there and it, it's normal it's a normal train ride for the most part and then um so we he gets off in connecticut and this i i move in because i like being in the window seat and then this guy comes up and sits down next to me i i didn't i'm the kind of person that like doesn't put their stuff on a seat to make it look like someone else is sitting there but sure i wish i did he was this redneck dude you know you can just tell he had like he, i don't know how to describe it necessarily because like, i think you can get an understanding about how rednecks dress but right like plaid suit all these things sitting next to me and i'm 15 at the time and this is like right before right after the election okay and, like the, you know, you can tell by election. my tweets, I'm not the biggest Trump person. And I'm trying to avoid this guy, and he keeps talking. He's trying to talk to me, and I didn't think to pretend to sleep or pretend to put my earphones in, because my earpods died at that point. So I didn't have anything to listen to, and I'm not the kind of person to listen to something when someone's sitting next to me. And he's talking, he's talking, he's talking, and... You know, I'm just I am doing my best to ignore him. I'm doing the mm mm-hmm, mm-hmm mm-hmm thing. So we get through that, we get to New York and we get out for Penn Station, we go up, we get in the cab, we go to this hotel in Brooklyn, and um, we go to bed that night. And the next day, and this is why I hate Brooklyn right now and New York because this, this whole experience made me hate it. Was I get up, I get up earlier than my parents do. I get up at like five o'clock and I know there's a cafe down there. And um, I, I'm walking down, and a guy bumps into me. And i like, oh, sorry. And then I kind of like pat him on the back and say, sorry, sorry. And they walk away. Next thing I know, I looked, I go down to reach for my wallet, and my wallet wasn't there. And my wallet oh, was there shoot. before I bumped into this man. And he was gone. So, so far, on my trip to New York, I have had to sit next to a redneck, a guy who didn't speak English, and I had my wallet stolen. But it gets worse because that afternoon I told my dad about it. I, did, I only had like $5. I didn't have my license I was 15 so I didn't have anything important. I had like $10. My wallet probably sure. cost more than the money I had <laughs> in the wallet. So right. he, he's like okay okay he hands me he gets me he he, he gives me his wallet. Uh, I don't lose this wallet this time and because I was hungry for lunch. It was the day before the wedding and there's this taco stand that's like right next to the hotel, right next to the hotel. Now the one thing I should have known was bring more baseball hats if you deploy, and don't bring your Red Sox hat if you're going to be in <laughs> Brooklyn or New York in general. Absolutely. So I I I didn't think about this. So I'm wearing a Yank. I put on my Red Sox hat. I go down to this taco restaurant. It's like a Mo- it's like a Chipotle or a Mo's or something like that. And I walk in and I get castrated. Like <laughs> everyone just looks at me, and they. A lot of booze, a lot of go back to Boston, a lot of stuff like that. So I'm not happy. It was, it was this, seriously. Yeah, it was, and I understand it because, like, I'm the kind of person that would say something like that if I saw someone. I wouldn't say some of the things that were said, obviously, but I would be say something like, oh, go back to New York if I saw someone win the Yankees hat in Boston. So that's the whole part of the vibe for me. But, like, I was in such a bad mood because I, I just lost my wallet. You know, the train ride was horrible for me. But looking back on it, it was really fun. And yeah, I think it helped me, in a way, prepare for traveling by myself. Because ever since then, I had trouble by myself from time to time. Nothing far. But um, I don't know if it was as funny. I just think looking back on it, it was funny. And at the time, I felt, like, I felt horrible. I, I truly did. But uh, sure. I don't think I was as traumatized as you were when someone pulled your towel at uh, in the hotel lobby, though. I don't think it's that bad. Yeah. But it was pretty bad. Yeah, it was I was 15. and like completely new to the world. Because <laughs> just... 15 is that age when you start becoming a little more independent. You, you start... For sure. Yeah, 100%. That sucks, man.
1: Yeah.
0: But you learn from it right now. Um the other thing we were gonna talk about today was draft prospects. You told me that you're not as educated, but you know enough, right?
1: Yeah, I would say I think you know a little bit more than me. Um, yeah, I, do. I don't um here's my thing with the draft prospects is you can never really tell, like well, this you never know who's gonna be Yeah, exactly. So this this year
0: because uh, I do a grading system. I do a, a 99 to 90 rating system. 90 being the lowest, 99 being the highest. Um, I can pull up my grading system actually right now and tell you it. Um, right now, my grading system is 99 is generational talent, 98 superstar, 97 All-NBA, 96 All-Star, 95 Borderline All-Star, 94 Above Average starter. Uh, ninety three average starter, ninety two impactful role player, uh ninety one rotation piece, and ninety is being bench player. I don't go lower than ninety, um, just because I you know, I just don't think that it's that deep because I don't use the um some people do the grades based off the one out of ten for each skill. So like if they have a six out of ten and they add it all up. I'm not into that. Um but I will say this the highest grade I have um, for this draft class is a ninety-seven, and that's not that good because usually you have at least one or two 98s in the draft. Um, some, if you're lucky, you get a ninety-nine. But um, you know the first big, I think the big two names, and these are the two guys I think are just at the top of this draft are Anthony Edwards and Lamelo Ball. I think they've kind of separated themselves from the rest of the pack. Um, I've said in my in videos about. Ramelo Ball that he's probably the player with the only superstar potential like he has superstar potential um, And then with Edwards, I think he has all NBA potential, but um, It's it's a weak class. That's the best way I can put it um, I've said this through guys in next year's class who are still seniors in high school technically speaking who were, like, not even top 10 in this class that would easily be top 5 picks in this class. So, that's yeah, start. I start. But um, the first one I do want to talk about is Anthony Edwards. He's my personal favorite in this class. And the reason being is a lot of the problems I see with him are situational problems. Like, I don't think his efficiency is the fact that he's a bad shooter. I think it's just the fact that he's in a situation where he's forced to take tough shots. Although I do think it's also shot selection as well on his part.
1: Yeah. Um, I think he's probably the most NBA-ready when it comes to like, physical tools. Oh, um, athleticism, size, strength, and ability to handle contact, his first step, all his explosiveness, all that makes him, to me, the most NBA-ready player. Like you yeah. said, LaMelo Ball is somebody else that could come in and make an impact. Um, but I think if you're... If you're drafting just to take the best player and the most NBA-ready re- player this year, I think Anthony Edwards is, is most likely your right answer. You could take a chance on LaMelo Ball. I would I take... I you think have... you
0: can if you're like going yeah. for like, we need someone that we could build around. I would go with LaMelo because there is a chance you can build around him. I, would think, I think Edwards is more of a second option. Like, he reminds me of what I think his role would be, would be, like... Here's what I want to contend with what Kyrie was when he was with LeBron. I think that's what he's going to be. It's a guy that goes in and okay. scores and can pass a little bit. Um, 6'5, 225 pounds, which is absurd because he's also one of the youngest players in this draft. Um, he was actually originally a part of the 2020 recruiting class and then reclassified to the 2019 recruiting class. And um, you know, I think that there are problems with him. He does struggle with tunnel vision. Um, there are times where he should be driving to the paintwood because, really, he has sized that even NBA shooting guards don't have. Like, yeah, like Harden might be the only, like, and he's five pounds heavier than Harden, which I think is is absurd. But I think he just doesn't use that. Like, he settles for mid range jumpers a lot, um, oh. which is. Frustrating because you have this physical gift that a lot of NBA players really would want and you're not using it to your full advantage. That's my one thing with him.
1: Um my thing with Anthony I think his biggest downfall is a lot of times you'll see him dribbling get to the paint uh pretty pretty easily. And it's like if he's cut off from scoring, like you said, he'll he'll settle for a jumper, but it's almost like he settles for that jumper because he doesn't know what to do if he's cut off at that point in time. Like, he doesn't have um, a go to move or like a Euro step that he can resort to, like a lot of guys in the NBA have, um, to create uh, a better shot for himself. And to me, that's, I, I think about, I don't know if you're familiar with this, but Dennis Smith Jr., when he was with the Mavericks, was somebody who it's like he would just go full speed to the basket and had no second. He had no plan B when it came to okay. Well, he can get to the basket and he can dunk on somebody, but if he's cut off from the basket by by a big or, um, you know, I, I don't know. I can't count on. I can't count how many times, um, you know, Dennis Smith Jr. would run full speed into somebody, knock them down, and get a foul call, offensive foul called on him because he didn't know what to do next. And I see a lot of that with Anthony Edwards. It's like he doesn't have a plan when once he gets past the you know initial defense he doesn't have a, a, a plan after that it's like okay if I can't get to the basket then I'm gonna chunk up a bad mid-range shot which not I'm not saying mid-range is bad but his mid-range is is not the best so I, I mean think,
0: though a lot of it does have to do with the fact that he was the only offensive option in Georgia I think I don't think it's just really about he can't he doesn't know what to do when he gets to the rim I think it's the fact that he doesn't know what to do when two or three guys are in the paint just waiting for him when he gets to the rim. Because sure, true. They, they focus so much on Edwards on defense. Like, he's the, uh, uh, it was amazing how many double teams he was getting thrown at him because of that. And because they knew no one else on that Georgia team could create their own offense. And I do think the fact that in the odds he can, he can create his own offense. And he has great footwork when creating his own offense and things like that. I think he can improve on finishing and year-stepping and jumping and, and all, all that stuff. Uh, and I think he will because I think in the NBA, you can't just focus on one guy no matter how bad the team is. Because they're all NBA athletes. So depending on where he goes, I have him going second to the Cavs in my mock draft. Um, I, I think he's the best player in this draft, even if he doesn't have the most potential. I just think it's more realistic. Um, that he reaches his full ceiling, then Lamelo will reach his. But I think we could talk about Lamelo now, who's who's easily the best point guard prospect in this draft. And I, I yeah just, yeah, I just feel like he's people mischaracterized him a lot over the past few years. He was kind of known as the scoring shot chucker. But over time, he's really developed into a player that's really similar to his brother. I do think he has a lot more scoring potential than his brother has. But you look at him, he, he's one of the best passing prospects I've ever seen. Um, and the fact that he was able to do what he was doing in the NBL is impressive. You know, the triple doubles, all that stuff. Um, his shooting for him is weird, like his brother's is. Um he doesn't handle contact well because he's kind of slight, and I just feel, but I do feel like, listen, even if he doesn't reach his full scoring potential, he's so good. He's such a gifted passer that he'll he'll last at least ten years in the NBA because of his yeah, because of his passing.
1: And something encouraging about uh, Lamelo is the fact that Lonzo has improved his three point shot so much. Um, I think that's an encouraging thing to look at because Lamelo Ball, um. His three-point percentage, I think, was like 25% this
0: past season. Yeah, it was um, something like that. It wasn't impressive. And I think the thing about what's up with him from Alonzo, though, is he's not afraid to shoot that shot. Alonzo was pretty afraid to shoot that shot until this year.
1: Yeah, I agree with you. Um, who do you think – I'm just curious if you if – you, you might not even have anybody in mind. Do you have any comparisons for LaMelo Ball for current or past NBA players?
0: Um, I think, I saw someone comparing him to Penny Hardaway. I don't know about that one completely, completely. I kind of see where they're coming from. Um, He reminds me a little bit of D'Angelo Russell, but he's a much better passer than D'Angelo Russell is. And that says a lot, because D'Angelo Russell is actually a really gifted passer in his own way. Yes. Uh, I kind of see similarities. You'll see a lot of those scoring... Um, Comes from three-point mid-range. They aren't necessarily great finishers around the rim. Don't draw a lot of fouls. Uh, but I do think Lamello's passing is a lot better. That's the one thing. But I do see the similarities yeah. and kind, of, kind his, of how they score, in a way. Yeah, also, Lamelo's um, a much better rebounder as well.
1: Yeah. His flair in the open court on um, fast breaks and the way that he can see over-the-top of defenders and, and make passes that other point guards can't kind of reminds me of Luca in a way. And I know da- I don't think Dallas that, I think people Luka's are going to roast him. me alive. Yeah, yeah, no, I understand. No,
0: I'm not comparing no, their size. Right? I can but, see that, though, as well. Yeah. Um, uh, I think Rookie U through La- La- Lamelo. I think like at most he'll average like 15 points a game. Now that I've said that, he'll probably average like 28, but um, I think 15 is probably what we'll see at most. But we will see a lot of assists, probably see a lot of turnovers as well, but you expect that from young players. Um, I, it's just so funny to me because people think, like, people remember LaMelo Ball as the selfish kind of player, but he isn't at all. His teammates have talked glowingly about him.
1: Yeah. So what do you think his rookie year is like? You think he's going to average like 15, 7, and 7? Is that. I think that's the high
0: point. I think it's more realistic he puts up like. Like, slightly better numbers than his brother and Lonzo did. Like, because Lonzo averaged 10 7 and 7 as a rookie. I think LaMelo, realistically, probably like 12 7 and 7. Similar efficiency to his brother as well. Um, and for, we might as well say this about Edwards. Edwards, I think for his rookie year, will average like 16 to 17 points per game, depending on where he goes. If he goes to Cleveland, it'll, it'll be closer to 14 15 because he has to say the ball with Sexton garland and kevin porter jr um but if he goes somewhere else like minnesota he could be 15 plus easily in my opinion i
1: hope he doesn't go to cleveland
0: yeah, yeah i um. They so many guards they th- i think the thing with cleveland i think they can make that work though because if you get edwards edwards is clearly story because i think he's more talented than garland sexton and kevin porter jr um kevin porter jr can play the three and i think honestly having either garland or sexton come off the bench that could work because i do think um specifically with Colin sexton i think he's just kind of built to be a sixth man people i think the thing is like because he's an efficient scorer he's actually a pretty decent three-point shooter as well doesn't pass well doesn't play defense well i'm like if you can be an efficient sixth man for a team that's valuable and i feel like if you have a starting lineup of garland uh uh, Edwards, Kevin Porter Jr. We'll see what happens with Kevin Love and Tristan Thompson. And actually Andre Drummond will be there as well because he picked they picked I think he picked up his option. So if that's a starting lineup and then Colin Sexton lose a second unit. I think that could work.
1: Yeah. Um what do you think uh do you think Anthony Edwards could play the two um for Atlanta with Trey Young?
0: I actually think that's the best fit for him. Me too. I do too. Because um, I think he's better than Herdy. Uh I think, personally speaking, I would rather see Cam come off the bench right now and kind of lead a second unit. But now they're still, so he gets the ball more in his hands, I think having Edwards there to be that secondary guy next to Trey could work. Because Trey's assistive field goal numbers are atrocious. Like, they're just quite ugly to look at. And I think they need to go up. And I think Edwards could be a guy that you put next to Trey where it works. But um, the dream scenario for him, though, would be Golden State. Just be the be the second unit in Golden State for a few years. And then he'll be ready to take over once Steph and Clay retire. And being mentored under Steph and Clay, given his athletic gifts already, that could be something that could be deadly. Like, that could be a perfect long-term move by golden state to just move into a new era yeah
1: 100 percent.
0: and i i, I no, can I say the that. same thing about Lamelo with, with that pick as well um i'm gonna not talk about the third prospect right now i on my board but i want to talk about james wiseman who's one of the more interesting prospects i've never quite seen a prospect like this where there, there's so many differing opinions on him and there's two real separate camps like there's the camp that believes he's the future first overall pick, and then there's the camp that believes he isn't even the top 20 player in the draft. Um, personally, I'm in the middle on that. I actually have him ninth on my big board. Um, the way it is, he's very much, I think the realistic goal for him is he's going to be Hassan Whiteside. Which, depending on how you look at that, if you're a stats guy, you like that. If you actually watch NBA games, you don't like that at all.
1: Yeah. No, um, if if he if he could be yeah if he could be Hassan uh, if he could be Whiteside with a much better motor that might be something but I don't know if that's
0: with them though exactly like exactly he doesn't have that motor and granted if he played the way he did those first three games at Memphis for an entire season it would be a completely different story because he actually looked relatively good in those three games. Um, but when you look at the EYBL tape, which is Elite Youth Basketball League, um, you look at his high school tape, there's so many times where I see him and he's not engaged, he just doesn't look like he's focused. Um, and Motor's the biggest thing with a big man, for me at least. If he, and, um, and sometimes you can compensate motor for being extremely talented. Like a- Aiton, like DeAndre Aiton was able to compensate the motor questions by the fact that he's one of the best talent prospects we've seen in the last 10 years. But, um, you know, Wiseman isn't that talented. There are flashes of an elite big man. I will say that. There are flashes of this guy could average 25 and 12 on an NBA team. But there, for every one of those flashes, there's like five red flags for me. <laughs> yeah. A... That's
1: a good way of looking at
0: it. Yeah. Right,
1: so why aren't we talking about your number three guy? Can I take uh, a uh, guess who Cumber it is?
0: is. It's my number three guy. And I think he's the best guy. Okay. in the draft personally speaking. Um, For me, he's very much like Bam Adebayo. A lot of people have said he's like Bam Adebayo. Um, And it's the fact that he defends multiple positions well. He's athletic enough to defend one through five to some extent. Like, I wouldn't put him on a point guard, but if he got switched onto a guard, he wouldn't have any trouble. I actually have him going first overall to Golden State right now because of the fact that, um, you know, I think Golden State is still in win now mode. And, a, and I think I think could have a big impact right away in the NBA um, and the reason I have him a lot higher than I have Wiseman is he gives you everything Wiseman does and some more on a defensive end and he has a much more consistent motive there were not moments of him like falling asleep on defense there were not moments of him consistently missing rotations. Things like that. And that's why I have him as my number one big man. Um, it's a guy that, you know, I think he can be a 15 to 17 point big game scorer in the league, but his real defense would be rebounding and defense. Um, And I just feel like if you're a guy that can have a massive positive impact on the game without screwing a single point, you're special. And I think that that's what Oneko Okonkwo can be. I think he actually does have potential to score more than zero points obviously. But I do like his potential uh as defend as a defender. He could be a defensive player of the year candidate for years to come.
1: I've seen uh I think it was the ringer compared him to uh Jonathan Isaac. Is that accurate or is that far no, off? Not
0: really because they don't play the same position. And um Ongonga was a lot more physically built than yeah. uh, Isaac was. Isaac's more of a three is more of a, a natural 3-4 kind of player. Exactly, yeah.
1: Well,
0: Okongu is a 5-4 kind of guy. Um, I do think they can have similar impact defensively. I don't know if Okongu can reach Isaac's head, because I think Isaac is like, has potential to be like one of the five best defenders of all time. But um, I do think o- Okongu can be a defensive player candidate. I think he's a very yeah. different player, though. Um, I also saw someone comparing with John Collins. I kind of see it because they, because uh, of the athleticism. Um, but the difference is, Okongwu is a much better defensive player, while Collins is a lot better offensively. I just don't see it. Yeah. But um, I have him. I have him at five on my board. I haven't. Who do I have him at three? Who do um, I have at three? Yeah.
1: Anthony Edwards.
0: Ooh. Um. So, I'm guessing you have Lamella 1 or 2, but... I have Lamella is...
1: 1. Number 2 is Hayes for me. Oh, I have Hayes at 5. I have Hayes at 2, uh,
0: Edwards at 3, uh, and Halliburton at 4. Okay, so this is where we kind of go off, because I have Tyrese Maxi at 4 on my board. Oh, wow. That yeah. is... Way higher than... Me- I know, uh, people think I'm crazy when I say that. And the reason I have him so high is... Um, a, he shows up every time on the big stage, first of all. And um, I I had him six in my boy to start the year. And the reason why is I didn't understand why people had him outside of the top 10 in high school. Um, because when you watched him play and you watched him on the EYBL circuit, he looked incredible. Um, he, in my opinion, is a guy that is good defensively. And can be really good offensively. Um and I just think that that's more than I can expect out of a lot of the other players in this draft. A like guy can be good offensively and defensively. There aren't many other players in the draft like that to me. Um where do you have where do you have Halliburton? I have him at seven. Oh wow. But you wouldn't know, uh, be surprised uh, by I- some of these players.
1: No, no, I don't think, obviously, you're not wrong to have him as, I mean, we're not going to know who's wrong or right, it's so unpredictable at this point, especially in this draft, like you said, but I think my two favorite players in this draft, not the two best, uh, but my two favorite are Halliburton and Lewis Jr.
0: I like you as well. Uh, My, um, my surprise and this surprised a lot of people I had him this high, is I have Cole Anthony at six on my board, um... He was number three on my board entering that year. I know we struggled at North Carolina, but at the same time for me, he didn't struggle enough for me to drop him the way some people have. Like, I see some people have him outside of the top ten and even out of the lottery, which I think is ridiculous. He wasn't that bad. That is
1: bad. He's eight for me, by the way.
0: Yeah, because... And the thing is, like people were like... It wasn't as much about he's not a good shooter because he's a really good shooter. Like, his numbers... Yeah, he, he shot like I want to say forty-three like percent from three in the ten wins on six attempts, uh, which is really good. Um, I just think that that North Carolina team around him was not good at all, and I don't think like you could you could put Killian Hayes in that in that spot, you could put Lamelo in that spot, you could put any of the other top point guards in the spot, and I don't think they do much better than he did because that it was. Really just him and Garrison Brooks, I would say, as well. But, um, you know, even with that, it was clear that, you know, in order to have a chance to win, they needed Cole Anthony to play well. And the only way Cole Anthony was... And it was hard for him to play well all the time if he was, you know, just dealing with all these other things that they knew no one else could score.
1: Yeah, um, I think his biggest... Um, I think his biggest downside is you know he needs to learn to be a playmaker as well if he's gonna play point guard in the NBA, and
0: uh, I haven't learned that, so he won't need really, to do...
1: yeah. So he won't you
0: need... he won't need to do that then because Booker's fine. Yeah. I don't. I think it's like I don't necessarily think as in in today's league you need you to be a world class playmaker to play point guard anyway, and I think the best backcourts in the league when we look at them are. not a guy who averages like ten assists and a guy who averages like twenty five points. It's two guys who can have who can give you twenty a night. That, those are the best backcourts in the league, and that's what I think Colin yeah. can do be next to, um, Jeff and Booker and Phoenix. You know, and again, because like, I, I think it's a better. I think there will be a better version of what the Cavs wanted uh, Colin Sexton and go Garland to be. That's what I think. He, he,
1: and plus he has like a streaky, like a, he's just very competitive. Um, and I love that about him. And I think he could bring a lot of positive culture, t- especially to the Suns. Um, yeah. So that's a, that's a good,
0: uh, that's and a good thing. His dad was in the NBA as well. Right. Know? So he has that in his background. He has the genes. Um, he's been praised as a leader a lot. Um, which, really is something that Phoenix needs because exactly. they need someone else that isn't, besides Devin Brooker to kind of be a leader because I love DeAndre Ayton, but he doesn't seem like a leader type he kind of just goes out and does what he needs to do on the court really well mind you but um, that as well uh, my sleeper player for this class that I really like um, it's hard to name one necessarily because of the fact that um, it is such a weak draft class. So guys who would be, quote unquote, sleepers, um, were, are just guys who were just known for this class, um, and for me though, it was just hard to find one. But yeah, I think the sleeper. Actually, i know I would say it's Maxi because people have him so low. Personally, you know what I mean by that? Like people have him like going like late lottery and stuff. And I think yeah, I think he's, he's I think he's like.
1: ESPN, the Ringer. I think all those uh, outlets have him at like anywhere from fourteen to eighteen.
0: Um, my my sleeper guy that I like is Nico Mannion. Um, Nico Mannion is on his Those are my two sleepers. Um, I think people just kind of didn't like Nico Mannion because he was projected to go really high at the start of the season. He was actually solid at Arizona this year, but you know he's in that twenty range as well. Um, I think he, he he's, right in the reins of twenty, but I do think that if you get him develop him, um, he's a smart player, that could be something. And I don't know. I, I and also I just really like Jarmus Ramsey. I, I can't explain why I like Jarvis Ramsey, but I like him a lot.
1: I like him too. Um yeah. so who do you I, I just I wanna do you have like a mock draft? Like how I far is your mock draft?
0: mock draft? I have my top ten. How far down? Oh so you don't have the eighteen no, I don't. I don't. I think in other years I have gone that far, but this isn't a class that um I necessarily like a lot. Like it's kind of tedious to watch a lot of these guys. Like you've seen, you'll probably notice on my channel I have a lot more 2021 draft content already, but um you know. But I do like Thomas Ramsey a lot. I, they're there's guys that. So they aren't necessarily. I think they're more project players now. But I do think if you get them under that coaching, which I do think they would be able to do, going to like teams that are playoff teams, I think that would be a good fit for them just to grow and develop, and they can end up being something one day. But do you have a sleeper that you like in this draft? Um, I don't know if you'd call him a sleeper because
1: I think everybody has him um, ranked probably around the same place. But I really like Sadiq Bay. Um, yeah. I I like him a lot out of Villanova. Um, If I could realistically pick anybody to come to Dallas, that's who it would be at 18. Um, I think we talked about Lewis. I really like Lewis Jr. a lot. Um, Tyrell Terry is also somebody who I think could be really good in the NBA.
0: The thing about Bay is, you know, a lot of, and especially with like, you see with a lot of Villanova guys, like they just produce solid NBA plays. That's just what they do. And it's yeah. solid like you'll get the past few years, So like Jalen Brunson, um, Mikel Bridges, Josh Hode like those guys. I think Cedric Bay will be that kind of player. Like I don't know still yeah, watch, like but a- he's just gonna be a solid player that, you know, will all wouldn't ne- that never be the best player on a team, but like someone that you wouldn't mind, you know, maybe starting or being a rotation player. Like this a solid yeah. role player. I think that's what I view him as. But um, there's nothing wrong with that. That's what majority of the NBA is. But um, I do feel that way about him.
1: So I'm curious to know what you think about Tyrell Terry.
0: Um, I, I, I watched him play. Um, it's hard for me to say about him much. Like I haven't watched, like, I don't have any like hurt feelings or like. I just don't have a real big opinion on him. I just think, I think a lot of the guys after my top 10 guys, it's just, you know, they'll be solid. Like, they'll have a chance under right coaching, things like that. Um, You know, solid three point shooter. Um, Yeah. I just don't ever see the things, my thing with guards is guards that I see who, like, don't really have, like, a defined shot creating ability. I think he's a solid shot creator. Um, it's just I don't know. I I I'll be honest. Like I'm I'm kind of talking at my ass. Like I've watched him from time to time. So I do watch all the guys. do only think i focused on him. I'm like, gonna focus on like the top ten guys in this class. So like I could give you an evaluation on like the top ten guys. I cannot. I can tell you some things about other guys I like, but you know that that's just how this draft is. Like I'm not like this for the, the drafts. Like I try to get other prospects have had the top 10 with other drafts but this was just so tedious with this class in particular it really
1: was it, it, it it's was hard cool. to watch a lot like, of these guys yeah
0: i'm like that's this is why i'm so excited for next year's class because next year's class is exciting like there are guys that are like not even top 10 guys that i love in this class in next year's class
1: who's gonna be the number one pick next year
0: um right now it's Cade cunningham i think I've said before, he's the best point guard prospect I've ever seen. Um, I think in the only two, the two, three guys that could also challenge him for that spot. Jonathan Kaminga, who's one of those guys who, like, once you realize, like, once he puts it all together, he'll be unstoppable. Jalen Green, of course, we all know what he's doing in the G League. And I think BJ Boston is the third guy that can compete with Cade for that top spot. I really like him. He's going to go play at Kentucky. Um, but it's I think it's really telling about Cade because it's one of the better classes I've seen in recent memory on um, the upcoming 2021 draft, and Cade is a consensus top player in that class. He's in his own, two in a loaded draft class. That just goes to tell you how high I am on him, but um, it's just a... Who, is I, this, who do you compare him to? I
1: haven't watched much it, film on him, honestly.
0: I, it's hard to say. Uh, I would call him... He, he's very much like a Luka Light because of the size and the ability, not as good of a scorer as Luca is. Um, he's really a unique prospect because he, he didn't score as well at Montverde senior year. He had only, like, I want to say 13 points per game. But that was because he was playing on such a loaded roster. Like, there were guys on that Montverde team who were, like, top 20 players in their class that were coming off the bench. Um, yeah. But he did... Play well on the EYBL circuit, he averaged twenty-five points on the EYBL circuit going into his senior year. Uh, it'll be interesting to see what he does at Oklahoma State. Because we know we're not gonna be playing in the tournament, obviously. But um I really like him a lot. I, I think he's one of the three highest prospects I think I I've ever rated, personally speaking. Um I think he's like the only prospects I think I have the same grade on are Zion and Luca as far as that goes.
1: Oh wow! So you had Lucas in '99 coming out of uh, uh, the
0: yeah Euro I had League? Luca '99 and I had Zion '99 as generational. Okay, um, well that's pretty. I I had uh, pretty spot first, on. going though because of the Sun situation. I think people forget about <laughs> the Suns that um you know it was all, it was after Josh Jackson's rookie year and like you're not gonna just going to give up on a guy after his rookie year, especially the way Josh Jackson finished his rookie year. Um. You know what I mean? So like, it kind of made sense at the time. But I if you're going to do it over again, you take a look at first. Um, of course Grant did not. Hundred percent. Um, do what? Nothing. I was just talking about Grant didn't take him first overall in the view draft I did with him. He had Jaron Jackson, right? Yeah, he did.
1: I was talking. <laughs> he says. He says Jaron Jackson's better than Luca.
0: Yeah, because he's the biggest Jaron Jackson fan on the planet.
1: <laughs> in the universe,
0: in the uni- Um, what were you gonna say before that?
1: Um, I don't. Something about. Uh, oh, I thought Luca was hundred percent going to Sacramento after the Suns took Aiton. I literally, I would have bet. I would have bet my house on. Um, well, this the Kings taking uh, Luca at, at two. I cannot believe they pass on him for Bagley. And hey, Bagley may end up being a really good NBA player. I don't know, but... I just, I'm high on Bagley. I thought for sure. So
0: um, the thing about the Kings was, though, there was a rumor going around that um he would go back to Europe if the Kings took him. I wouldn't blame him for going, wanting to go back to Europe if the Kings took him. But, um you know, I don't know how serious that rumor was. But... um. I don't I I and and looking back on it though I think I you I thought it was going to as well. Uh I think a Luka Deer and Fox backward would be deadly. Um but I have hope for Bagley still. And I still do. I think he's still a really good player. I think the only thing holding him back is injuries right now. Um because I every time I watch him play he has like at least two like moments where you go, he shouldn't be able to do that at, at that size. Like I saw him once, yeah, like, he's like a... all coast-to-coast and Euro stuff. Like, he's not supposed to be able to do that.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, I, I like Bagley, and I think he's a, he, I think he's going to be a great player if he can stay healthy, but just taking him just before Luka is...
0: I think My... that top five is going to be incredible. Like, it's like, eight in it, Bagley, Luka, Trey, and Zerwin, like, that's a, that, that has a chance to be one of the best top fives of all time. Like, when we, when we look back on that draft.
1: To me, any of those guys, I don't know. I don't know about Bagley. Uh, To me, Trey Luka and Jaron Jackson, they all have. They could be the MVP of the league at some point in their careers. Um, I don't. uh, I don't know. I don't. I don't know if Aiton or Bagley will ever be at that point. Well, the thing is,
0: that has more to do with the players they that they're next to. Like, I think because Bagley plays next to Fox, and because Aiton plays next to Bookie, it's gonna be hard for him to even get into consideration for that stuff. Yeah. But I do think they can both be like really good NBA players, especially Aiton. Aiton's proven that he can be a great NBA player already. So, um, it, it's just I don't know. I, I find it funny that people like, um, oh why did they didn't they take Luca instead of Bagley? Because people think Bagley was incredible at Duke. It was. I, I you I think it's funny because because like I think Zion kind of overshadowed when he came in because when Zion came next to and like dominated people forget Bagley was dominant his freshman year like oh yeah like I remember remember I think it was in UNC where he had a play where he shot a three pointer missed it grabbed his own rebound and went back up and put it back in like. You know, it, it wasn't even that simple. I, I messed it up completely, but I meant, like, he, he shot the three, missed it, tapped it to himself, missed again, tapped it to himself again, and then put, threw down his put-down dunk. I'm like, who does that?
1: Like,
0: he's one of the best rebounding prospects I've seen. Like, he was just so relentless on the boards. Like, he was grabbing everything. Like, And I think he's a chance to be a double-double guy in this league as well he's just that athletically gifted and he's a good backup as well so Um, you know I hope he does
1: I hope he does I I like seeing unless there's not many players I hate I love seeing especially young players I love seeing them kind of blossom and and turn into you know all-stars over the years so I I really hope that everybody in that draft class is yeah or not everybody but you know like we talked about the top five guys end up being um, you know all-star players at some point which some of
0: them already are, but did you just see the Pat Mahomes contract? Yeah, ten years, four hundred million dollars. Jeez, that's that's worth. It. And granted, it's worth it because he's Pat Mahomes. But yeah, I mean, I would pay yep. forty million dollars if I was a billionaire and they said, "Hey, forty million dollars a year, you get," you know, one of the most talented quarterbacks of all time. You would do it as well. Ah. Like the, there's year no way like you are like you don't let that go. Like you you hold yeah. on to a guy like Pat Mahomes as long as you can. I'm so When we're twenty seven years old. Like who do you think <laughs> the NBA version of Pat Mahomes is? I don't think supposedly so I don't think there is one personally because of like the success he's had this early on, we haven't seen that. I guess they if we're if we're going all time, we can like Magic Johnson maybe. Because like, Magic Johnson won a ring early. And won an MVP early and so did Pat Mahomes, but Well You think of a Mari uh, player that reminds you of someone who had to start to recruit like that? Um, uh,
1: you know, well after I, I could say I guess after this year, um, when Luka Doncic wins his finals MVP, you could compare <laughs>
0: him to that. Uh at the Disney at the AAU tournament. At the Disney AAU tournament. Exactly. I, hey
1: man, I I, I maybe I'm biased.
0: Like, with that thing, is I don't know, but I don't think hey, I don't think they should be going back right now, especially considering everything going on in Florida. But um, I still think people will hold it to a standard like like that because you know it's just a it's just a weird situation with a lot of people. I've said my thoughts personally on it, um, but.
1: Yeah. If there's a way for them to be safe and we can guarantee that, then I get it. But I also, one hundred. if it was like, if they were to announce, you know, tonight that they're canceling the bubble, there's not going to be NBA basketball this year, I, I would understand that. And you can't be mad at it. And and I yeah. can't be mad at the players that don't want to play either. Like that's 100 percent. You know, it, it probably is a smart decision. You know, you're, yeah. you're taking 100 percent of the risk away from. You know, possibly you know, infecting your family or or whatever the case yeah. may be. So, yeah, uh, you know, yeah, I, I'm kind of like I'm don't neutral
0: that at all. Yeah. So, like, they'll understand the prospect of like what it would be like as a father. And I'm not I'm not a father. When you say that, but I've talked with my dad about it. And he said, I don't know if I could spend three months away from you. <laughs> like, that's yeah. a long time.
1: Yeah, it is, and I think that's why you see a lot of these younger guys. They want to they want to play and it's unconditionally You know, they want to go play and a lot of them don't have um families and and kids that they're going to have to leave for three months or whatever and that's like how you know like luca said that he was always going to play there was never a doubt in his mind if they were going to have um a bubble or, or playoffs that he was in 100 percent. and that's easy for him to say because he you know all he has is a girlfriend and, and a couple of dogs whereas you know People like Avery Bradley and all these other guys have families, or Wilson
0: Chandler. These well, guys have families young players that kids. have kids, like Jason Tatum. Uh, I don't know the situation with Lonzo Ball and his kid, obviously. Yeah, yeah. But um, I but I, I want to say I think Jason Tatum is the one that comes to my mind first all the time because of um, it's just I think he might be the only, like, only noticeable young player that has a kid. It was adorable, by the way, but um, I think, though, you know, it is such an interesting situation, and I just think they have to do what makes them safe. Uh, I'll still watch it if it comes back, because it is basketball, but I, I just personally just don't think it's safe, you know, especially considering, you know, the numbers going on around the country and stuff like that.
1: What are your expectations for Boston?
0: This year... Well, considering the haircut I've seen Jason Tatum have, um, I think we're going to lose <laughs> in the first round. But uh, no, in all seriousness, <laughs> um, I I think confidently we can beat the Sexes because we I just don't know what the situation with Ben and Embiid is. Um, I think the only team teams I'm not too confident on the Raptors and the Bucks if we face them. I'm, a, I'm more confident we can beat Toronto, uh, but I'm not as confident we can beat Milwaukee. And it's nothing to do with Giannis. It's actually everything to do with Chris Middleton because uh, Chris Middleton weirdly plays, like, Brian Michael Jordan against us. So um, I'm scared about that. Like I'm not even kidding. Like, <laughs> yeah. it, it's one of the weirdest things I've seen. Like, I, Giannis will have, like, 15 points against us, and then we'll go, oh, Chris Middleton has 40. Like, and we Did lose. You-
1: did you did you see where um, Siakam? I think it was Siakam that said that he hasn't shot a basketball throughout this entire like quarantine. Like he hasn't shot a basketball in three months.
0: Oh, that doesn't surprise me at all. So that doesn't surprise I me. I it's like these guys don't always have access to courts and stuff as well. Like not every NBA player has a basketball court in their backyard. <laughs> so there is that as well.
1: I. I, I Boston is kind of my I, I do like Giannis but Boston has always been a team that I've kind of liked um, in the Eastern Conference so and also I think I told you this before I, I really like Kimba Walker a lot I, I've i always loved Kimba so to see him perform well in the playoffs would would bring joy to my heart obviously I don't want you to beat the Mavericks if if yeah. if it ever came to that but
0: the thing is though, I, I think Giannis is pissed off right now you can't kind of consider the way he was playing this year as well where he was like he was on a mission all year. All year long. Yeah. And we we saw that. Um, obviously. Um, I think the next two years is just gonna be pissed off because if they win the ring this year, they're gonna say, Oh, it doesn't count. So he's just gonna prove it prove it to you more next year. Also, I do believe Giannis is the MVP this year as well. But um
1: Do you think
0: there's gonna be an asterisk on on this year? Um on the title, not the awards. Um, I don't think people will hold the awards against players just because, you know, I'm not saying it's Rudy Gobert's fault, but basically Rudy Gobert being an idiot. But um, I do think that, I don't think that they'll hold the awards. Like, I don't think people will hold John Morant's um, rookie of the year against him. They won't hold Giannis' MVP against him Uh, and his defensive player of the year as well, because I do think he'll win both of those awards. Um, they won't hold those words against them, but I do think the ring will be held with an asterisk. Yeah.
1: So, I agree with you about Giannis being on a mission, and I think that...
0: Once he starts seeing three, it's over. Yeah. <laughs> and You're the thing is, no with like, him, like... He, he's
1: think been
0: insane this is, year. Let's just talk about him leaving in free agency. And I think it's possible. I, I don't think he will, though. I just don't think he will.
1: No, he's not leaving in free agency. No. I don't I don't see it. And this that's, year, I mean, he's averaged Especially more if they points. win
0: it this year. Because here's the thing.
1: He's he's averaged more points this year than his entire career. And he's played the least amount of minutes. Other I know, than I think his rookie year.
0: That's crazy. And the thing yeah. is, once he starts shooting threes, like it doesn't matter who you have around him. <laughs> no matter who you have around him, no matter how bad the spacing is, you're not going to be able to beat him. Because if you call the paint, through the suit. And if you don't, he'll drive on you because no one can stop him. Like, the only players I think that could stop him in the NBA that are, like, defensive players are, like, Jonathan Isaac to an extent and definitely Bam Adebayo because Bam Bio put him in a jailhouse. <laughs> oh,
1: geez. Um, yeah, Jonathan Isaac is... Man, he's insane. He he sat down Porzingis when we played Orlando and it was awful. I think he had, like... Five blocks, four steals, um, and it was it just just murdered Porzingis, and it was it was hard to watch. It was encouraging for Orlando fans, but it was it was difficult and frustrating to watch as a Dallas fan.
0: Yeah, it was probably um, well, was you, you know I think it's just about health for him. I think that he, he's going to win Defensive play of the Year if he stays healthy. Like there's no doubt about that. I yeah. hope he does because I hope it, we just stop giving into a big man over you now. <laughs> because um, I'm tired of seeing Rudy Gobert win it. I really am. I am too. I think I, Rudy I, I understand he, he's a great, he's a great it. paint defender. But the thing is, and this is why people like, oh, he's gonna be like the best defensive center in the league for like, the next ten years. Like I already think Bam Adebayo is a better defensive center. Because the thing is, when you put Rudy Gobert on an island at the top of the key. He's really not going to do anything. No. You put Bam, Bam on, the, on an yeah. island on the top of the key, he's going to do something.
1: I yeah. saw something going around where people were asking if Ben Simmons or Rudy Gobert was a better defend defender, and I think, it's I ben think Simmons, because he can guard.
0: I think, think if guard... we talk about like who impact, and I'm talking about like as a pure like they good at one thing defensively. I think Gobert because Gobert is one is the best paint defender in the league. But he doesn't do much outside of that where Ben Simmons can defend, like, one through four at a high level. 100%. I agree.
1: That's, I, and I, that, that's more important in today's NBA anyways.
0: I think we're going to see guys like that. Like, you know, like, I'm just teasing being like, I want to see guys like Isaac. And I want to see guys like Bam. I want to see guys like Marcus Smart. I want to see guys like that be a receivers serious consideration. Because I think Marcus Smart's another one of those guys who's just, he defends, like, every position. And yeah. he does it Like, as a Celtics fan, I watched him for years, and I can tell the difference defensively when he's on the floor and when he's not on the floor. Like, that's how impactful he is. I think uh, he should be. Uh, I think I saw someone like I like. I think it was like a group of like panels and columnists, and they voted for yeah. this um, for the player of the year, and he wasn't even listed. I'm like, are you kidding me? <laughs> like,
1: oh, yeah, they had Pat, Pat,
0: Pat Bev over him. I'm like, like what is this?
1: Patrick Beverly plays hard and flops a lot, so people recognize him as a better yeah, defender, but people, I
0: guess he's Mokic not does a better... He kind of does, but he's a lot better defensively. Exactly. I, I agree like, with I mean, it's like no, I... Marcus doesn't talk a lot on defense. He kind of just goes out there and does it. You wouldn't think he doesn't talk because of his personality, but he doesn't talk a lot on defense. Right. Like Pat Bevis doesn't start up. Like He's more of an annoying defender... Than a good defending if we're being honest, like Westbrook said. Um, but do you want to talk about your avoid predictions as well?
1: Yeah, yeah, we can do that. Um, so I, I, I mean, I, MVP. Idea?
0: Uh, it's I think it's Giannis. Yeah, it's, it's, got,
1: it's to me for me it's Giannis. Um, I think you can make a, a really good argument for LeBron.
0: Um, I think you could. But the thing but I is, think... what Giannis is doing in, like, just over 30 minutes is, you just don't see that. You just don't see that. Yeah, that's all. my thing. And it's just, also, though I think people are trying to push the narrative because, like, in all honesty, he's probably going to win at, at least three or four more in his career, at, at least. And I think people are trying to make it argument for LeBron because this is probably one of the last dudes who will be up for the award. I understand he's great. And the thing is, like, He's quote unquote lost right now, and he's leading the league in assists. Like, that's, come on. Like, that just shows how great he is. Um, and we're talking about him having these down use that other NBA players would die for. I just think that um, Giannis is better defensively, and the offensive gap between them, because I do think LeBron's still a better offensive player, um, but I still think the gap between them offensively is even closer to the gap to them th- defensively.
1: Yeah, no, I, it. Here's the thing. I I think it's Giannis, but I definitely I wouldn't be disappointed, and I wouldn't I wouldn't go I wouldn't crazy mad
0: LeBron if, it, if LeBron won. Yeah,
1: yeah. So um, I think an right. argument can be can be made for LeBron. Um, I also I, wouldn't I, be mad if Luka just totally won. It's
0: going to be not after watching him this year. Yeah, no, I, I yeah. there's like I there's guess. like people are like because I, I I think he's already won the, the 50 best players of all time. Like already which is kind of absurd to think about because he's not even his prime yet. People think I'm crazy for saying that. I'm like, just watch him play. There aren't many people like him. Um, and look at you, I have John Morant. I have John Morant. I think It just goes to him by default at this point.
1: Yeah. So let me ask you this, and I'm not going to say whether I agree or disagree, but I will in a second. But if Zion gets his team into the eighth spot in the bubble and makes the playoffs, do you change your mind or no?
0: No, because I don't think he's the only reason that team would do well. Because okay, I think there's um, I... there's Alonzo, there's Drew Holidays there, so there's more reasons to why that team would succeed. Um, but I think you know getting a team to the playoffs isn't necessarily like the main factor, especially when Josh plays significantly more games than he does. Um, yes, that's the thing. It's just. Ja's been, he hasn't been. if Zion was playing like this for the full season, he'd be the unanimous rookie of the year. Like, there's no like denying that. I think if he was playing the full season, a I think he's playing putting up much better numbers than he is. Not says on because he's putting up like 23 and 7. I think if he played the full season, he would have like 25 and 12. Like that's the kind of player I think he is. Um, but he didn't, so that's why it's going to Jaw. And there's nothing wrong with the, with that. People talk. Some I had somebody say like oh, we're going to look back on this Rookie D the and say, oh, Zion's going to the because Zion's a superstar from this draft class. I'm like, yeah, we can say that about, like, the 2012 but he didn't draft. play. He, he where, didn't put in the An- work. Anthony Davis is clearly the best player from that draft, but Damian Lillard became great as well, and he won, he won Rookie at the instead. I just think it's Ja, and I think it's just because no one else is really done much. I agree. I just wanted
1: to know your take on it.
0: Yeah. Um, And Ja's amazing. He is. I yeah. think um you know i i've said many times i think people some people think i hate jaw because i've said jaron fox is better that's just my personal opinion but um jaw's really good he is he's um you know people talk about the flats and all these things and his dunks and stuff like that but i think the most in, the most impressive thing about him is the fact that he's an elite passer like yeah. that's that's his biggest skill to me and the same thing with trey young honestly like they talk about everything but his main skill which is passing
1: <laughs> yeah they want to talk about his defense and everybody knows
0: like he's I, a, like he's like yeah. he just doesn't look like a, he doesn't look like he's But i think he could be a a, a net neutral on defense at his best but we all knew he wasn't gonna be good
1: yeah we know that exactly and like people want to act like they thought he was going to be this great defender or something and i'm like he impacts his team so much offensively that the this you know the way that what he takes away on defense, it, it it's okay because he impacts his team so positively on offense. Like, I, yeah, it's just crazy to me that people want to use that like in like and defense isn't even that big of a deal like, who plays defense anymore? Honestly, I mean, and I, he has I like, think
0: his defense, the, the defensive players on his team that will grow. You know, yeah. Cam Barrett would actually offensively. defensively, definitely. I can't really be a good defender. Deontay Henry is known for defense. I had them taking Isaac Okoro this year in the draft because they'll miss out on the big three. He's an amazing defender. So, like, the, you get defensive players around him, and then you get another you know, like, offensive creator. It's going to be fine. Um, but, yeah, you know, it is somewhat concerning that, like, on the court, they're, like, one of, like, I want to say, like, the five best offenses in the league, but they're also, like, the worst defense in the league, and it's not even close when he's on the court. But um, I think that is more the fact that he just not have guys around him. And if you can yeah, do it exactly. defensively, to hide him. Yeah. But exactly. um, defensive player of the year, I have to go to Giannis. Giannis,
1: it's, yeah, I think it has to be Giannis.
0: I heard some Rudy Gobert talk. Um, I think, from a media perspective, based off what's happened, they can't give it to him. They don't want to give it to him personally you know what that happened obviously. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And I still think that they want to deal with that anymore. Uh, I, I think, think the only want, other two like arguments... I, I still see a world where they where people will be okay with Rudy Gobert winning in a wood after what happened. Like I just don't see that happening. That was funny though. <laughs> yeah. you know? It was funny to see jazz fans try to defend it, the things that he was doing. Like the touching the mics things he was doing in the locker room yeah and it's just like you can't defend that if if anyone in the Celtics did that I wouldn't defend it I think they could say the same about the Mavs like you can't defend yeah it.
1: absolutely that was yeah it's uncalled, it's uncalled for um I think the only uh the only other two players that you can make an argument for um are Anthony Davis or Bam and I don't think that either one of them is strong enough to, to overtake Giannis
0: yeah well, speaking about Anthony Davis, though, I also think that, that also hurts LeBron's chances for MVP is the fact that he was playing with Anthony Davis. Sure. So um, somebody who
1: will probably receive MVP. Anthony or, Davis yeah. will probably take, will probably receive MVP votes. So that's, that's gonna also take why I
0: think it's LeBron's last year to win it, because Anthony Davis will take over that team over the next few years. Sure. So that's the best guy. Um, most improved player. This is interesting. Uh, I'm going Bam. I was considering either him or Devontae. I'm going with Bam because Bam went from, like, a guy that we said, okay, he could be a starter. To, oh, this guy can be an all-defensive, all-star starter kind of guy. <laughs> like, that's... Yeah. Uh, I think Devontae Graham made an incredible jump this year, but the efficiency hurts him a lot for me. Um, but um, like I said, I think it has to go to Bam. Like, he went from, like, what people were viewing him as, like, Hassan Whiteside's replacement to... Oh yeah, he's a franchise cornerstone. Not not maybe a piece, but he's a cornerstone. Like that. Yeah. And I think. But who do you have,
1: man? Um, it, it's it's hard for me because I'm not to be really biased and yeah. and say I think Bam Bam is a good argument. I have three that I will that I have three that I'll kind of talk about. Um, there's three guys that stand out to me. Um, Bam is, is obviously one. Uh, Brandon Ingram is another. And I also think Luca is is somebody who could potentially win the award. Um, like, you you know, for all the reasons you said, Bam is somebody who's came out and been a top five defender. Uh, the way that he can, you know, make plays for his teammates at that position is is incredible to me. And just he made a huge leap. But Brian Ingram also, I mean, he made a huge leap as well. And then Luca went from somebody who was not even an all star last year to probably will be third, fourth in MVP voting this year. And it's averaging 29, you know, 8 and 9, or 29, 8 and 8. So that's that's somebody I think can win it as well when you think about the way that where he has his team at now. Um, you know, he increases points per game by like nine, um, probably a top five passer in the league and plays a point guard position, but is almost, you know, averaging 10 rebounds a game is pretty impressive as well. So I don't know. I think that a case can be made for all three of those guys. I don't know. What do you think? What do you think about Luca or Ingram?
0: I think they both have much Orgman's Ingram. For um Luca it's hard. it's just a bit hard because he's a second year player and you'd kind of expect that second year players to make a jump. And that's the one thing, like it's just hard for me to give it to a second year player. Ingram would be able to be up there as well, um, because he went from a guy that was like I don't know why people were disappointed in his rookie year. I it was kind of obvious he was gonna still come in. He said he looked unhealthy entering the league. Like so he struggled early on, and I think that he had natural progression, and that's why. Uh, I think because Bam, it was the most surprising that he came, became an All-Star. Like, I, I kind of expected Ingram to average the points he did. Like, I kind of saw this coming from Luka this year as well. Um, but, you know, we seen, we, I didn't see this from Bam. And that's kind of why I have him and Graham at 1-2, because like, we didn't see this coming from them. Like, we yeah, didn't see no, I, it coming from Pascal Siakam when he won it. Um, we kind yeah, yeah, that of. That's out One motion improved player that we kind of saw it coming from was Giannis. I think that's the only example of it, really. Uh, and Old Depot. As, I, actually, no, we didn't see that come from Old Depot as well. But he's like, I think a lot of that has to do with like, a guy that we didn't see this coming from. So Yeah, Siakam came out I of nowhere. Adeh High. Um,
1: but wait. You said Devontae Graham, but he's
0: a second-year player, right? No, he'd be up to that, but I have Bam over him because he... Okay. Because, like, the jump Luca made from year one to U2 wasn't even close to the jump that Devontae made from year one to U2. And that's why I, I say it was a very accepting, because I, I've never seen a player go from one of, like, a guy that wasn't even able to play on one of the worst teams in the league to where he is now. I haven't seen it, but I I have Bam because it just came out of nowhere. Like, no one saw this coming.
1: I people probably did see it
0: coming, but I I just didn't see it coming. And he's just so incredible. Like, he's one of those those guys to me, though. Like, he's updates like, this guy's like, you like, you form as many words you can about him. But at the end of the day, it's like, you know what? He's just really good at basketball. And Lucas, like that as well. Um Giannis is like that. It's like you can say all these things, but in the, the day it's just finding fun ways to say he's really good at basketball. Like Right. Um Yeah. But so to go to my full list, I have MVP Giannis, I have rookie of the year Ja, Defensive Player of the year Giannis as well, and I have my most improved player is Bam. Yeah. So, what about sixth man? Oh, sixth man, to you. Um. Oh, uh, Dennis usually. easily. <laughs> you think so.
1: That.
0: Dennis Rudy.
1: Okay, I would. Um, I, I still would go with Lou Williams, but I don't think shooter's the wrong answer at all. Like, I think that's a very, I think that's a, you know, a good thought.
0: Um, Dennis Rudy I think people. He he's used he up done. He averaged um, nineteen points. Four rebounds, four assists. And he only started one game this year. Um because of how loaded the, the guards are and on that team. Um I think I would give it to him because he you know you know, I think Roo Williams is awesome. I think he's one of the best six men of all time. Um and, you know, he, he was good this year, but he wasn't as good as the last year. Was Swudu was I think Swudu was better this year personally. Yeah.
1: Um, hey, there's nothing wrong. Like I said, nothing wrong with shooter. I think that that's, um, I think that's a good
0: answer. It's not like and uh, from three on like five attempts. Yeah, it's just you know, like I think it's also a Google I'm kind of tired of it. Like he what he won like what the last three I want to say. So
1: that that's kind of how I am too. I'm like I kind of want to see somebody else with it I think I, I think, think the only three plausible team. answers. Yeah. I think the only three plausible answers are are going to be Lou Williams, Montrezl Harrell, or um, Dennis Schroeder. I think past that you really I think don't.
0: Schroder just takes away not Schreuder, um Harrell takes away votes from Lou this year.
1: Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. Uh, so and a coach of the year has to be uh, Nick Nurse, right? I mean, losing yep. Kawhi and still being yeah, still I being. I would a say contender.
0: Nick Nurse. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, yeah, it has to be news. I would because mm-hmm. there's some talks about um, what's his name, Billy Donovan. I don't think I think that's all I'm gonna do with Chris Paul than anything. But you could say that because I don't think people expected he will get some consideration because people didn't expect the Thunder to be good at all this year. Like, I would, have the
1: Thunder as the tenth seed, That's the tenth yeah, best team like, in
0: the West. You lose Paul George and Russell Westbrook, and you just don't expect much. I also do think they're better because I don't think people thought Chris Paul would be playing for them. Yeah, I, I agree. And if there was a um, I would say probably. We'll make up a fake word. Who do you like have a like, comeback player of the year? The guy just came back and played really well.
1: Um, I don't. I, well, I guess Ingram could fall into that, right? I mean,
0: I I guess, but like, that was more natural progression than anything. I get the blood clot thing, which was, I was like, super nervous about that. Yeah, that,
1: that's that's why I say that is the is the whole uh, injury aspect of it uh, more so than just him progressing as a player. <sighs> Comeback player, I, I, I honestly, I don't know. That's a, that's a good question. I would say, or right off the top of my head, I think Ingram. But well, I mean, what who do you have?
0: I get. I I think you can make an argument for Chris Paul because people thought he was done. Um, maybe Carmelo.
1: Yeah, it'll probably yeah. be Carmelo. Honestly. Yeah,
0: I think it'll probably be Carmelo. Yeah.
1: I, I didn't think about that. It- it'll probably be Carmelo. Because like, um, he went from my like, to like. Yeah.
0: Um. Well, we should start wrapping it up. I know you mentioned something about a mailbag someday, but.
1: Yeah, we had some questions, but uh we can. I think we're going to record on Thursday. Yeah. Uh, and we can uh we can get those. I don't want this to go too long,
0: yeah um, but um, uh, I think we're gonna wrap it up, here, guys for the first episode. <clears throat> you know, leave some comments below for feedback again, if you're watching this on YouTube, feel free to like, subscribe, hit notifications all be notified when every release on Tuesdays and uh Mondays and Thursdays. my bad, and um, you know, follow us on twitter i'll put those in the description below follow us on instagram as well um, if you're on apple give us a five-star rating even if you didn't watch it because that would be nice of you guys and um follow us on <laughs> spotify as well but um that's all we really gotta do we'll see you on thursday all right